Hi everyone, my name is Beth and you're listening to How to Make a Living Being Creative on Radio Karam. Over the past few years, I've always relied on casual jobs to keep me afloat. I have even written a book about it. But now I've cut ties with my main job, which was in a call centre and decided to take a chance on myself. It was scary and I shed a few tears, but I realised that if I did not do this now, I might never leave and discover my true potential. During the next few weeks, I will share my journey seeking a more creative path. I'm not sure if I'll be successful, but I sure will have a lot of fun along the way. I'll be exploring a few passion areas like art, drawing, voice acting, and of course, writing. For my second episode, I'll be talking about my experience with casual jobs and who has inspired me over the years. All my work roles have supported me while I've worked on books, podcasts, and even my own organisation, Celebrate Living History, which gives me the great opportunity to work with journalism students to document stories for future generations. I truly believe that having a day job makes life a little bit easier. There is no stress if you don't make money from your creative projects. You have that income to fall back on to make sure your everyday expenses are met. I think as a creative person, if you mainly focus on the money, you tend to lose all the fun and excitement of creating a new project. It creates stress that you must make money from this project to make a living. All that stress tends to bog me down. I just really like the freedom of knowing that my expenses will be covered regardless of the outcome. As a creative person, I must be in the right headspace. In a way, if I'm worried about money, it's so hard to settle down and just simply write. I just can't get into the creative zone that lets me do the best work. It's a difficult situation. I always seem to be exhausted because I'm juggling so much. Sometimes I have three jobs at the same time and I'm literally working seven days a week. I'm so totally crazy, that's for sure. If you can find jobs that you can fit around your creative projects, I've mainly worked in events, call centres and community centres. Looking at some other options, you can also work as a support worker and even as a cleaner where you can create a schedule that suits you as well. I've also looked into platforms like Airtasker where people post tasks that they need completing. If you want to do a task as a worker, you have to bid on the task and pretty much tell them why you are the best person to do this role really does seem competitive. I did look um, at bidding on a task, which looked pretty fun. They wanted people to act as extras during their gallery opening. This is something I would usually do for fun, so getting paid would be a bonus. I joined up to Airtasker and decided to go through the bidding process. At first, $50 to be an extra seemed pretty good, but then Airtasker takes $11 commission for advertising the job on the platform. I would, I would have to pay... Um, public transport cost to Melbourne, which would be $10 for the day. In the end, I would have only earned $29, not really worth all the trouble and hassle. It's funny, when I worked in call centres, that's where I would bump into so many creative people where they pursue what they love as a side hassle. Usually, my good friends in call centres can be writers, makeup artists, life coaches and actors who just simply need a regular income to live off. 
if you are in casual employment, have a talk to your team leader or manager and see if you can make your job flexible. I've requested with most jobs to have Wednesday off to do creative projects and I've been lucky that most employers have adapted to my needs and said yes. As a wise person once said, if you don't ask, you really don't get. (laughs) I always uh, travel up to the city um, for work on the train, which is usually an hour commute. Um, Usually you can spot so many people working on their computers. It's kind of like a portable office. It's funny, um, at times it can be a packed train and people are literally jammed across from each other. It looks like these people are having conversations with each other, but if you look closely, they have earbuds on. They are not having conversation with the person across from them. They are talking to someone on the phone very far away. I find my commute time as a great place to edit student work, work in short stories or simply relax and be inspired by a great book. If you are always busy, you must find those little moments to work on what you are passionate about. When I was writing Diaries of a Casual Worker, my happy place was the golden hour of 6am. That's when I found the clarity to just simply write. I wrote most of Diaries of a Casual Worker on the Microsoft Word app on my mobile phone while traveling on the bus. That time was so precious to me. I got time to be creative and found a way to make this book in my head a reality. I literally make job juggling work for me. I truly believe if you are passionate about something, then you will find a way. One of my main inspirations are Joanne Kathleen Rowling, (laughs) otherwise known as J.K. Rowling, author of the Harry Potter series. Joanne knew she always wanted to be an author from the young age of six when she wrote her first story about a rabbit who got the measles and was visited by his friends, including a giant bee called Miss Bee. Since that moment, Joanne had wanted to be a writer, but rarely told anyone. What I loved about Joanne was that she was persistent in making her goal as a writer a reality, even when she was working as a secretary for Amnesty International. When no one was looking, she would type up stories on her computer. She never paid much attention during meetings because she was usually scribing bits of the latest stories in the margins of the notepad or choosing names of characters. Her big break arose on a delayed train from Manchester to London's King Cross Station, where the idea for Harry Potter popped into her head. Then over five years, she outlined the plots for seven books in the series, writing in longhand and amassing scraps of notes written on different papers. While writing the series, she was unemployed and living on benefits, but she still kept going. Joanne knew she had to finish the story and bring Harry Potter to life. When Joanne finally finished the first Harry Potter book back in 1995, she received a lot of rejection letters until one day her book was accepted by Christopher Little, a London literacy agent. That was a hard one to uh, flow off my mouth. (laughs) And the rest is history. With more than 500 million of the Harry Potter books sold worldwide. Joanne's story shows that with hard work and persistence, you can make your dreams a reality. It may take a long time, but it is possible.
while I'm on the topic of authors, one of my favourite books is Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. I always pick up this book if I'm feeling lost and just want to be inspired. Elizabeth asks the question, do you have the courage to bring forth the treasures in you? I love this question. It prompts me to look inside myself and see glimpses of what is possible, what is inside of me. I like to imagine a future where all my aspirations and secret talents are out in the world. I like to imagine a world where I can just be me. Maybe one day I'll inspire others to look inside themselves and discover their hidden treasures, their big magic, to go from a mundane existence to a more enchanted one, a life where they believe anything is possible. Another inspirational book that I'm currently reading is The Artist's Way, A Course in Discovering and Recovering Your Creative Self by Julia Cameron. Julia's book is a self-led 12-week course to embracing your creative side. I like at the very beginning of the book, she addresses common blocks. Some of these blocks include, stop telling yourself it's too late. Stop waiting until you make enough money to do something that you'd really love. Stop telling yourself that dreams don't matter, that they are only dreams and that you should be more sensible. Stop fearing that your friends and family will think you are crazy. (laughs) I love that one. Um, Very, very true. One of the uh, exercises in the book, which I enjoy, is morning pages. If you want to give this exercise a go, before you go to sleep, make sure you have a notepad next to you. When you wake up, before you do anything, just start writing what is in your head. It doesn't have to be magnificent. It's just a prompt to get your creativity flowing. The words can be totally mundane. It really does not matter. Julia says to write down all the whiny stuff and get it out of the way. Such as some of my words before work could be, oh my gosh, I am still so tired. Oh, I need coffee. Where the heck is my coffee? Get that nice warm liquid into me now. Mmm, coffee. I love coffee. No, 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 no. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Yeah, I'm so totally obsessed with coffee in the mornings. And that's uh, what fills my morning pages. So nothing too brilliant. Just, just me. <laughs> These pages are simply the act of moving the hand across the page and writing that comes to mind. Nothing is too petty, too silly, too stupid or too weird to be included. Another inspiration of mine was Walt Disney, a man of many talents. He was an entrepreneur, animator, voice actor and film producer. Walt Disney came from humble beginnings to achieve amazing success. His journey started from the age of 19 when Walt Disney started drawing cartoons from childhood creatures for sale. He had so little money back then and struggled to pay rent and sometimes had to live with friends and go without food. 
Walt Disney was not back so many times when he pitched the idea for his cartoons to be published to newspapers. They said he lacked artistic integrity. Even though he was rejected, he just kept on persisting. I feel that every time Walt Disney was knocked back, he learned incredible lessons and he just kept trying again. He kept going. In his mind, he could see that big picture. I like that Walt Disney never gave up. When he created Disneyland, he wanted the theme park to to be the happiest place on earth. He held on to this vision and worked long and hard for seven years just to plan out the project. He was determined that everything will work out. I could just imagine how proud Walt Disney was when he opened Disneyland on July 17th, 1955 in Anaheim, California. He must have looked around the, cl- around the crowd with his heart full when he said the words, to all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. And these words have been the beginning of his great legacy. He made this magic happen. From that one idea, he grew to have Disneyland in 12 parks around the world with resorts in California, Florida, Tokyo, Paris, Hong Kong and China. I liked that rather than focusing on the past, Walt Disney focused on the future he wanted. My favourite quote from Walt Disney was, all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. (sighs) Such an amazing man who followed his heart to make something magnificent. So in a nutshell, everyone, follow your creative dreams and let's make magic happen. Thanks for listening to How to Make a Living Being Creative. Join me on my journey at www.bevwilkinson.com.au. Cheers. Till next time. Bye. Hi, this is Matt Joe Gow, and you're listening to Radio Karam, which is local community internet radio. And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier and how important it is to Melbourne, how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam, tune in. Come on, Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee. And something nice to eat. Yeah, the yeah, pizzas are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Caram. Caram in Station Street. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now. It's a pizza. It's a mystic pizza.